Welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I am so grateful to you for being here, investing your time into education, inspiration, and motivation for building your dream business as a hairstylist or beauty industry entrepreneur. Now, listen, I know that the idea of change and growth can be a little scary, especially as hairstylists, because we have been conditioned to believe that building a clientele has to be hard and take a really long time. But what if you could move to a new city and fully rebuild in four months? What if it was that easy? What if you could bring in aligned clients who trust and respect you? And what if you could do all of this with ease and flow? My guest today did just that, and she's going to share some of her secrets and tricks to empower you to live life on your own terms and alleviate the fear of change, or at least mitigate it a little bit. (laughs) Today's episode is extra special to me because my guest is also one of my amazing BBB alumni. She has done amazing things, and I can't wait to share her journey with you. This conversation is so inspiring, and if you are a visionary stylist, it will really resonate with you on a deep level, because I know that I spent a lot of my career feeling misunderstood or like I didn't quite fit in, and we are going to dive into how creativity and vision can feel like a burden sometimes and how life-changing it is when you learn to channel it. So we're going to be diving into rebuilding a dream clientele at lightning speed, what to do when you aren't content with where you're at, what really matters when building and rebuilding a business, and how hairstylists and beauty pros can create lives of freedom. We're going to talk about what it actually looks like to take a leap of faith. Now, before we get into today's episode, I want to let you know that if you are a visionary stylist who wants to build a brand and marketing plan that will allow you to create your dream business, the waitlist for my group coaching program is now open and some huge changes are actually coming to BBB. It's going to have even more support and evolve into the complete branding and marketing resource for hairstylists. BBB is going to be a completely changed experience. And I am so, so excited. We have helped tons of stylists really hone in and develop their dream businesses. And I cannot wait to open for our next group. Our doors are going to be opening to the public on September 26th. So you're going to want to head over now to get in on the wait list. And that will allow you to be notified during our presale. Head to jodybrown.ca slash BBB waitlist. Without further ado, let's get started on today's episode. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. 
Hey, hey, welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I am joined by my former Beauty Brand Bootcamp student and amazing visionary stylist, Samantha Boland today. Sam, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So I would love to have you tell your story, introduce yourself, because a lot has happened in the past couple years <laughs> behind the chair. And like since we met, which is probably, I want to say almost a year ago now when you joined the program, yeah. I have watched you do some pretty amazing <laughs> things that would scare scare the crap out of a lot of people. So why don't you tell your story, introduce yourself. And I don't even think I know your full background. So let's start at the beginning when you got into the beauty industry and then just give me like the, the cliff notes version of how you got to where you are today. Okay, cool. So we're going to take it all the way back to when I was 18 years old, fresh out of high school, wanted wanted to not go to college and really wanted to go into beauty school. I had noticed in high school, I took a lot of like anatomy classes geared towards me eventually going into nursing school, but learning about the structure of the hair and learning about hair fascinated me. And so I was like, okay, cool. We'll do beauty school after high school. Well, I went and had like my admissions things for the T-Spot in Nashville. And the day that I was supposed to have my financial aid meeting, I found out I was pregnant. So we put that on hold, ended up getting married, having my baby, moving to California because my husband was military. I did some online college and like my whole time, the whole time I was doing it, like, this is not for me. This is not for me. This is so boring. <laughs> um, hated every minute of it. But I finished it. Mark was still in the military at the time, and he got the opportunity. He didn't have to take this opportunity, but he got the opportunity for us to relocate from California to an itty-bitty tiny border town in Arizona called Yuma. And I started looking up. I was like, oh, my God, there's beauty school there. It's like, if we do this, I can go to beauty school. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. So he ended up extending his contract with the military, and we moved to a whole new state. Um, essentially so that I could go to beauty school. So I'm <laughs> sitting on my couch one day, cranking out these online classes. I'm like, I'm so tired of this. I'm, like, I'm just going to call the school. So I called <laughs> Yuma School of Beauty. It was the cutest school, it, like in this pink building. And I was like, oh, that's just so perfect. But I called and we set up my interview and Miss Susan Coons was like, and how long have you been in town? I was like, I have been here two weeks. And she was like, what? I was like, mm -hmm. <laughs> Yep, I have lived here for two weeks and I'm ready to do this. Well, yeah, and I have two kids. <laughs> so I had a two-year-old and a six-month-old at the time of me doing this. And she just kind of looked at me like I was a psychopath. But I did it. <laughs> I did it and I graduated. And from there, Mark had finished his contract with the military. We moved back to our home state of Tennessee where I took a job at a commission salon because it was education-based and I did the whole started off as an associate, worked my way up the level system, and I stayed there for three years. And then the pandemic happened. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that really threw a kink in everything. And there was like, <laughs> there was one day it we <laughs> in February of 2021, I was stuck at my house because there was a snowstorm. And when it snows in Tennessee, like you literally 
you can't leave the house because they're not prepared. I was taking a shower <laughs> one day, stuck in my house. And I was like, you know what? I really think I want a different experience for my clients. I was like, mm-hmm. I, the pandemic has just changed so much. I had gone from double booking, the single booking, the social distancing and the masks and the contract contact tracing. Yeah. Like, I just want a simpler experience mm-hmm. for my clients. So I, I quit my job <laughs> and I opened a suite all within like three weeks. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I, I relate so much to that because I was working as an independent stylist and had, you know, been doing some coaching and stuff on the side and all of that kind of stuff. But that is when, when we had our first shutdown, I was like, this is a sign. And that is when I closed uh-huh. down my business behind the chair and went full time into coaching and educating. So I think there was a lot of people making those changes when we were kind of faced with, okay, well, this is not this is not what we were expecting. We've never been through anything Uh like this before. (laughs) And I think there was a lot of stylists who are listening who can probably relate to that, that making a big change, you know, during that, that time. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel it. I, everything changed. Our industry was one of the greatest that was impacted throughout the whole pandemic because we were, we're a close contact business and, we've never, we've never navigated a pandemic before. We didn't know what to do. So any like grip of control, I think any of us could have gotten was very helpful. Yeah. I think it varies so much from place to place too. like all the different restrictions. I think like that we definitely fast forwarded, like I love the whole sweet model, but uh-huh. I think it definitely fast forwarded the sweet model, which is, you know, it's one of those things that I think is so helpful for stylists who are your classic visionaries who really want to yeah. build something, right? Absolutely. Which is something you and I have in common. Yes, <laughs> it is. Definitely visionaries. So, okay, your story doesn't end there though. So tell me more no, it about doesn't. what has what has commenced since then. So you started your suite, which was is that where you opened Salty Blue Hair Yep. That's okay. where I opened. That was, we opened, or I opened, March 2021. So a little over a year ago. And, okay, I opened. And then I I was itchy. I, not, <laughs> I was itchy. I wanted to do more. Like, okay, I was like, okay, I have the business. Like, this is fun. But, like, I want more. So then I started dipping my toes into education and coaching. And I had this huge vision by... It was supposed to be March of 2022. Yeah, I was going to launch, I was going to move into a bigger suite and have a double station. And then I was going to have my co-stylist program and I was going to start mentoring younger stylists. Kind of have it be modeled like an associate program like I went through, but geared towards them eventually becoming independent because that wasn't, that's not something that's super taught in our industry. So yeah, I work through the kinks of like being a business owner. I take some education courses, learn how to educate people. December, 2021, my husband, (laughs) I got home from (laughs) taking my kids to gymnastics one night and he was at his computer and he looked up at me and he had a smirk on his face. I was like, what, what did you do? <laughs> um, I just applied. I applied to a job. I was like, okay. He was like, yeah, it's at the Ohio State University. I was like, 
a what? And he goes, yeah, I'm probably not going to get it. I'm not qualified enough. And I was like, yeah, we're not moving to Ohio. Just like, <laughs> whatever. I was like, that's crazy. Whatever. We're going to keep like going through the motions. So the holidays, like this is the beginning of December. We go through all of December. The holidays come and go. He forgets he even applied to the job. And I'm like, it was... January 3rd or 4th I was on a zoom I was on a coaching zoom call it was all about like setting your intentions for the year your vision for the year and I was like I just want Mark to like have a great job that he's happy at that he can grow in and like is gonna be stable for our family moving forward and that's all I could think about well at the very end of that zoom call he comes in and he just shows me his phone and on his phone is an email from the Ohio State University wanting to interview him. I was like, oh my God, that job. You applied for that job. He was like, yeah, I forgot. He was like, well, yeah. Um, so he interviewed that Friday and got the job offer that Monday. Oh my God. Um, we're relocated to Ohio by February 5th. So all of that happened in a month. Oh so God. that like, I was like, oh, sh- Oh, shoot. <laughs> I have a business. <laughs> so we closed, or I closed, Salty Blue. And I was like, okay, we're just going to put the the mentorship program and everything on hold. And I'm going to figure it out. I'm like, yeah. I was like, I obviously, like, I prayed for this. This is very much meant for my family. I was like, when God tells you to jump, you jump. Mm-hmm. I fully believe that. So mm-hmm. we jumped and we moved to Ohio. I did not immediately go back into suite rental. I am a booth renter now at a salon here in Columbus. and. Let's see, we've been here since February. It's, is it July? I started working in March, April, yeah. July. I fully rebuilt my clientele within four months. Oh um, my God, Sam, that is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I love that. So what do you, okay, what do you attribute that to? Because I know that you, like one of the things that I'm obviously going to bring it back to this because anyone that listens to <laughs> The Hairstylist Rising podcast knows that I am a consistent evangelist for the power of building your brand, which I think you have done a really great job in and and niching down. So what, like, tell me about that client attraction process when you were starting your, your business. Because I know we had talked like right when, I remember like a conversation when you Maybe had just found out before you moved. Yeah. When you were like, uh, you know, planning the whole like move and, and rebuilding and all that kind of stuff. So just walk me through that process. So I I actually started my client attraction on Facebook. I knew Ooh. my brand. I knew my target market. Yeah. I I wanted so Columbus is a young professional town. I was like, okay, so I'm talking I'm attracting younger girls, not young, but like mid mid to late 20s, young professional women. So I found Facebook groups and one in particular has been a gold mine for me. I just kind of introduced myself and like in my introductions, like, by the way, I am a hairstylist and brand new to town, rebuilding my clientele. I... I also at this point knew what my specialty was. It took me, I fought it for so long. I was like, I, I want to do everything. I want to make everything perfect. But I really, when I moved here, honed into brunettes and redheads because that's right. something that I know I do very well. And there's 
there can be a gap in our industry when it comes to that. So I was like, I specialize in brunettes and redheads. If you want to like check out my work, go to my Instagram and my website. So that that was like the top of my funnel. And once they hit the Instagram and the website, they either knew we were a match or we weren't. But yeah, I, because of that, like knowing my brand and having those systems in place where my, where they're both like talking to my clientele really helped. Well, and that's like the power of branding. I love that you share that because that's one of those things where, you know, I I know that people talk about like reach being down on Instagram and it is, it absolutely is. is. I mean, we're still reaching more than zero people on Instagram. So it's all 100% worth doing. But I think the important thing to consider, like a lot of the Instagram education out there is directed at online business owners and creators, right? Definitely. So that kind of stuff is not as relevant for hairstylists. So this is why, as you know, I focus on foundations and building your brand and amplifying it through Instagram Mm -hmm. and your website. That's a, a great place to do it as well. Because the fact of the matter is that even if you find your clients in other places, like that Facebook group tip is amazing. Um, Every time someone either gives a referral or you post in a Facebook group or you have a Google My Business page or whatever that looks like, all roads lead back to your Instagram. That is going to be I your do. proof of concept and how people are going to decide whether or not. And I think like a website legitimizes your brand, but a an Instagram page humanizes your brand. So I feel like when Absolutely. you have- yeah, when you have both working in tandem, that is the recipe for success. And like, think about the last time someone asked you for a referral for something or you asked someone else for a referral. What is the call to action? It's not, here's their card. It's not, here's their no. number. It's check out their Instagram. Your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm even to the point where if I'm going to a new place, yeah, it doesn't matter where it is. It could be like just a store in town, I'm looking to see if they have an Instagram. Yep. Because I want to know what it's going to feel like before I walk in. That's absolutely. And consumerism that's has changed so much. Oh, so much. And the, the biggest factor I think for, you know, especially heading into the rest of 2022 and into 2023, having really solid content, a content plan that serves the purpose of making sure whenever someone lands on your page, no matter if you're posting twice a week, three times a week, every day, Mm -hmm. no matter how, what that looks like for you, because there is absolutely still merit to using Instagram as an attraction platform. Like there 100% is because, you know, we think about Instagram and how we see it and what our feeds look like. But the majority of the time we are following a ton of other hairstylists. We're following (laughs) educators. We're following people in the business space. Our clients are not, no, they're so, not. <laughs> you know, so people are still using Instagram. There's a billion active users. 82% of them use Instagram to look for clients or services and products. Yep. So there's still a huge market no matter how you slice it. And I love that, you know, creating that solid branding and really, you know, creating content that speaks to your ideal clients has helped you build and grow no matter where those eyes came from. Like, yeah, 
I, I really, really love that. And that's why I like to focus, as you know, so much on those foundations of marketing. Foundations um, are everything. Yeah, because the hacks are going to change. So oh, yeah. They change every day. <laughs> yeah, totally. And we can learn them. We can, you know, I'll continue to update people on what is working and what's not working. But at the end of the day, and if you have your foundations, like, the sense of panic when Instagram introduces a new feature or, you know, something changes, it really blunts that panic. And I've seen you mm -hmm. really ride all the waves of change with total confidence. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And like, <laughs> even it makes the panic of moving to a whole new state and a whole new city, it makes it go away because yeah. I know, I knew going into it, that I have the foundational skills I need to market myself and I have my brand in place and it was so easy to pick it up and move. Yeah. And I kept, I kept telling, it goes back to mindset too. I kept telling myself, I'm like, what if I go back to work without skipping a beat? Mm. What if I do that? I can do that. I can go back to work without skipping a beat. It's going to be fine. Instead of being like, oh my God, what if I don't get any clients? What if I forget how to do hair? What if no one wants to yeah. sit in my chair? So just changing that script in my head made a huge difference as well. Yeah. It made me post with a purpose too. Yes. And that's, that's the key, right? Like it's, it's one mm -hmm. of those things that it's once you have those solid, I think it's like anything, you know, when people start yeah. thinking about using Instagram to attract clients or, you know, using whatever platform to attract clients, there's a learning curve. There's always oh, a learning yeah. curve, but I always like to throw it back to like, think about what it felt like when you first picked up a pair of scissors. Oh God. If you're anything that like was terrifying. terrified. Yes. Yeah, I was left hand I'm left-handed. So learning how to do it left-handed with a right-handed instructor really made your brain go crazy. So Oh, no doubt. My dad's actually left-handed and I've seen really? he's told me a lot about the struggles of It's crazy. Yeah. And so, like, you know, obviously it's gonna feel overwhelming and it's gonna feel stressful, but once you master those skills, it, mm -hmm. it it's mastered. It's in your back pocket now. And I love how you said that, you know, with a combination of like mindset and then also having those skills, mm -hmm. there's a phrase and it's confidence comes when you've already done the work. And I think that that applies oh. to marketing and the skills as a stylist. So it's another one of those foundational skills to have in your back pocket. That's yeah. I love that quote. That's really cool. Yeah, it's it's it really resonated with me because I I talk to so many stylists who are scared and they're like nothing's working, this isn't working, and it's like, well, nothing's working because you haven't learned the foundations and you're right. getting constantly marketed all these hacks and tricks and all, all that of them. There's yes. so much noise, yes, and I feel exactly. like there's a lot of fear based noise right now too with the recession mm -hmm. impending on us, and I yeah. And I feel like those foundational skills can carry so many of us through something like, I mean, heck, we got carried through a pandemic. <laughs> foundational skills can carry us through really anything. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I actually just, I recorded not too long ago an episode about about the recession. And I am a stylist who has worked through the Great Recession. So my you, guess you know some things. <laughs> also was, yeah. And can I tell you something? It's not as scary as everyone is trying to make it out. I believe I that. 
yeah, I think there's some fear mongering going on in marketing, which I'm, you know, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> But, you know, I think like you said, as long as you've got those, now is the time to double down. Now is the time to get those foundational skills because having a brand that speaks directly to the perfect people for you, having an amazing guest experience and communicating the value of what you have to offer while working in a little bit of flexibility because like, you know, clients, clients are watching the news as well. But I think as long as you've got those key things, and if you're someone who's listening now and is is worried about that, go back and listen to the episode about the pending recession, because I think it'll give you a lot of clarity and and comfort when you hear some of the statistics about our industry during times of economic uncertainty. So I love that you brought that up. I want to talk a little bit too, because I know this is something that you and I have discussed and it's something that a lot of stylists struggle with. And that is the being a visionary, a, like <laughs> a hyper strong visionary in the beauty industry. Now I'll share what it felt like for me. So at certain points in my career, I have just always felt like things were not quite right for me. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know whether I'm just like, I, I think the feeling for me was that I was worried that I was like difficult because I, I had all these ideas, <laughs> I had all these like, you know, this is how things should be. And like, I've always strived to create things to be the way that I feel that they should be and create Mm -hmm. a space. And, you know, I've always had these, like, I've never been content necessarily until I completely started my own business. And I really fought against it because I think for a lot of the time, visionaries, we just think like, oh, like, uh, I should just be happy. I should just like accept (laughs) this and I should just be happy. Can you speak on content? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Can you speak on what that experience has been like for you? It has been very similar. And so I think back to when I was a commission stylist (laughs) and I really did feel like I was difficult to work with. I, I even remember like my boss at the time, she was asking for opinions. Like, I have an opinion. She's like, well, of course you have an opinion. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. But like, like I described it earlier, I just felt itchy, just itchy for more. Yeah. And like, it never made sense to me why I was never content. Why am I always choosing like new things? But yeah. it's because I just have such a big vision and I refuse to settle until I get there. Yeah. But it's also really it's hard because I am a mom and like, I have a whole, whole life outside of just running a business. I'm like, well, why can't I just be content with folding laundry and washing dishes? Like plenty of people do that and are fine. Why, why do I need to do all these things? So it's a constant mind battle at times being a visionary and just wanting so much bigger. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's like one of the things that I Wanted to bring this up because I know that you and I have this in common and I know that there's likely people listening to this episode who are feeling the same way. And so Mm -hmm. I would just give the advice that if you are feeling the need to create something bigger, do something more, follow that curiosity. For me, like when I think about contentment, I I feel like, 
you can appreciate where you're at and you can mm-hmm. you know, and you can use where you're at and what you're doing now as a tool while still recognizing that you are here for something bigger and you are absolutely to you know you are here to create something something else and i think following that curiosity while also being able to sit in like the gratitude of where you're at now as a tool mm-hmm. i think that is is the advice i would give my younger self because I always, I, I really resonate with that itchy feeling, right? And I think that mm-hmm. had I been able to be like, yes, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with me for wanting more, but let me go ahead and just use this as a tool while I'm working on building out my dreams and figuring out my vision. I think that that would have served me really, really well as a younger stylist. What advice would you give to yourself as a younger stylist? Oh, that's a tough one. Don't be scared. Uh, you know, no, it actually be believe in yourself because Ooh, I feel yeah. like I sat on the bench for a long time, not chasing those dreams and not chasing my vision because I didn't believe in myself. So yeah. many people believed in me, but it was still yeah. that little voice in my head keeping me held back yes. for a long time. So it took a whole pandemic and me getting trapped in a snowstorm at my house for me to like finally be like okay okay girl this is what we're doing we're jumping we're doing it and that was the best thing I could have ever done was just take that little leap of faith in me oh I love that and you know I shared this on I shared this on Instagram not too long ago but I had this like I had mislabeled my imposter syndrome for a while Mm -hmm. And I had thought that it was my intuition telling me that it was not the right move. So I had had all of these, you know, and I think too, sometimes it's really easy for people to give you well-meaning advice out of fear and their own comfort Mm -hmm. zone. So if you're getting, you know, sometimes if you have a big dream and you're just not, you're just not content until you start to chase after that dream you know, it's really easy to be held back by things like, oh, maybe you should wait till you have a, a few more years experience or uh-huh. you know, maybe this is not the time or you'll have people and especially right now you'll have people saying, ooh, are you sure you want to raise your prices? Are you sure you oh want to this? Are you sure now's the time to open a business? And so I just want to encourage people, don't take directions from people who've never been where you want to go. Or from people who have never, you know, if you're looking for a coach or an educator, have they helped people get to where you want to go? Do you see yourself in the testimonials? Do you see yourself in their story? Like that's something that you want to be really clear on because getting into a community of like-minded people can really help drown out the noise of all the people who are, you know, quote unquote, trying to keep you safe. Oh, yeah. If it's and and oftentimes it's not haters, it's your family or your friend <laughs> yeah. who just don't want to see you crash and burn because they're only capable of viewing the world from their own experience and their yep. own mindset, right? So I think that's one of the biggest tips I would give is is seek out community. Oh, like, community changes everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Once you start to see what's possible for 
other people, you mm-hmm. start to believe, oh, well, if it's possible for them, maybe it's possible for me too. And I think for the visionaries out there, it's so crucial to surround yourself with people who are goal-oriented and who mm-hmm. are seeking their ultimate fulfillment in life. Because if you're a visionary, you're never going to be content to settle. No, you're not. You can try all you might, but it's not going to happen. You will, it will not go away. No. So can we talk a little bit about, again, bringing this back to, to branding, what were some of the lessons that you learned throughout the process of really getting clear on who you are, who you serve and really creating a captivating brand? Because I think you've done a great job of your of your personal branding. And I'd love to know like the lessons and the biggest takeaways that you had from us working together. Okay. The lessons I, my biggest lesson is I, my brand doesn't have to be for everybody. I don't, I do not have to be for every single client out there. And I, for so long, that's what I wanted to do because I feel like that's that's what we're taught. We're taught yeah. like you have to say yes to everything. If you want to grow and build, you have to take every single client that comes your way. So my biggest learning from you, learning how to hone in on my brand and learning that it's so much more than just pretties, you yes. know? Like it's not just colors and the fonts, even though that's a very important aspect of the brand. It's, it's more about honing in who you're talking to, why you're talking to them and how you're talking to them. That changes the game for me. Oh, I love that. And I feel like as hairstylists, I know I did, I get so caught up in the pretties. (laughs) I just want it to all be, I mean, and it can be pretty, but yeah, there's just so much more to it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And those are such important lessons because like, first of all, I want to just like go back to what you said about not being for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's so important to understand that it's not about attracting the most clients. It's about attracting the right clients because with the best will in the world, you can't do everyone's hair. No, you can't. <laughs> And, you know, think back to every single best day behind the chair you've ever had and guaranteed it was because you were doing the work you love, you were working on clients you love, you were having uplifting conversations. That is what life looks like when you get clear on your ideal client. Are there going to be hard days sometimes? Of course there are. And as far as like the prettiness of branding too, I think like I love that part. Look at my Instagram. Like that part is so fun. It's the best. (laughs) But if you do that stuff before you get clear on your foundations, then there's a good chance it's not going to resonate with the people that you're trying to reach. (laughs) So I'm so glad you brought those lessons up. I think that's so important. Yeah. And taking taking your course just... It helped me learn the pretties, like the Canva, learning about Canva and all that. Like that was so much fun. Yeah. But also like, I know, I know who I'm talking to and why I'm talking to them and how to talk to them. And I, I credit me rebuilding a whole clientele and a whole new state 
so much to taking your course just because, you know, back to the foundational skills. I am so, so proud of you and watching you grow has just been the biggest privilege. Thank you for being here. This has been such an incredible conversation. Can you let us know, give us like a little teaser of what you're up to next and where my listeners can go to connect with you further. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you so much. I, as a visionary, am always itchy and wanting to create more. So I am (laughs) getting this fall. I will be launching education. It'll be hair color education. And then next early spring 2023, I'll also be launching like cool stylist education. So you guys can find me on Instagram at Samantha Bolin underscore. And that's where you'll catch all the news. Amazing. Okay. I'll share the the link to your Instagram in the show notes. Thanks again for being here. And I can't wait to see whatever you come up with next. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.